This program has been made by the friends and partners of Jennifer LeClaire Ministries. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. See, God doesn't tell you when you start out on the prophetic journey what it's going to cost you to get to the other side. He's, he's clever. He's smart. He knows if he told you all the fire you'd have to walk through, all the betrayals that you'd have to face, some financial struggles that would come to your household, some sickness that would come to your body, you would be like, no, God, I'm good right here. Amen. I'm blessed. I'm good. You saved me. I'll just wait to heaven. Seventeenth, two 2017, I received directly from the Lord one of the most profound prophetic words I'd ever received. I mean, it was one of those words that just seems so big, you don't know how God could possibly be telling the truth. But you know that he doesn't lie, so it must be true. He spoke it directly to me. I was in the house of prayer, and I began to write furiously because the Lord was talking faster than I could even get it down on paper. But he gave me grace, and I captured the moment. He said things like this. He said, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you'll go further higher, deeper, beyond what you could possibly imagine. It was a promise that was a page long, and it was just too large to comprehend. Have any of you ever received a prophetic word that just seemed like too big to comprehend? It just seemed like, wow, how is that even possible? I received a word directly from the Lord many years ago. I was working for the Associated Press. You know the Associated Press? They do the news. And I was driving uh, down the road, and the Lord said to me, he said, you're going to impact the whole world with your pen. I said, that's crazy. I wrote it down on a piece of cardboard that was in my car, and I stuck it on my refrigerator. And I really didn't think too much more about it. It was just kind of there on my refrigerator. And lo and behold, this was 2003. In 2012, through analytics, it was discovered that my writing had gone into every nation of the earth that's inhabited. Amen? So God does do impossible things. Amen? Yeah, you can clap for that. That's good. Because God, will, he's no respecter person. If he made you a crazy promise, he'll fulfill it too. But you have to do your part. Somebody said, I've got to do my part. The Lord told me back in 2017, it's been just over two years. He said, it will be uncomfortable for you. It will cost you something. But you will gain so much more on this new path. The path of brokenness and foolishness than you could ever accomplish continuing on the way that you are. See, God doesn't tell you when you start out on the prophetic journey what it's going to cost you to get to the other side. He's, he's clever. He's smart. He knows if he told you all the fire you'd have to walk through, all the betrayals that you'd have to face, some financial struggles that would come to your household, some sickness that would come to your body, you would be like, you know, God, I'm good right here. Amen. I'm blessed. I'm good. You saved me. I'll just wait to heaven. This is the thing. But it does cost something because there's a devil and there's some flesh. Many years ago, I would listen to Catherine Kuhlman over and over and over. I have all of her CDs from the radio days, and we would listen to it on the internet as well with her preaching. And, 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 and I listened to it so much that when I would flip it on in the car, and, and my daughter, who was like maybe seven at the time, she heard Catherine Kuhlman start preaching on the, on the, on the, on the CD, and she would go, 
because that's kind of her, you know, flow. But one thing that Catherine Kuhlman said that it just echoes in my mind, she says, do you want to know what it costs? Do you really want to know what it costs? She said, it'll cost you everything. Everything. And many years ago, probably 2010, when I was watching that video, I heard, I was watching that particular, because I kept watching it and watching it and watching it. And, and, and she was telling about the trials and everything she went through. And the Holy Spirit says something to me that I did not like. He said, you are next. <laughs> now, many people would watch that video and hear the Lord say, you're next, and assume they're going to be the next Catherine Kuhlman. I was a little smarter than that. I knew that it meant that I was going to be walking through a lot of trials and fire. It'll cost you something. You know, Psalm 105.19 says that the word of the Lord, the dreams, the prophetic unction over Joseph's life tested his character until it came to pass. And that's what prophecies do. That's what the word does. It tests our character. And we have to, at some time in our life, go through a refining. We all find ourselves in the, the, the furnace of affliction. Look how quiet it got. It's true. The Lord told me in that season, 2017, he said, I was at a fork in the road, a crossroads. And I just feel like there's many under the sound of my voice at a crossroads right now in your life where you don't know which way to turn and you're not sure and you're scared and you're just confused. You just don't have a clue. But the Lord would say to you today, do not be afraid because I myself will lead you and guide you. Just take a step. And the Lord would say, don't let fear paralyze you and keep you stationed in the place that I've called you out of. And the Lord would say, be of good cheer because the trials of the last season are paving away for the glory of the next season. The Lord says it will be worth it. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. That's a good word. You're at a crossroads. Then he said, so let me set you ablaze and you will be an instrument to set many others ablaze and the eternal rewards will satisfy you all the days before. Notice he said, so let me. Because what happens is when the fire comes, we begin to kick and we begin to scream. And we begin to resist God thinking we're resisting the devil. Listen, you cannot fight God and win. I, because I was raised up in a spiritual warfare church, my first instinct is always to check my heart, of course. But my first instinct is to wage war. And I know looking back on my life now, I see there were times I was doing all this spiritual warfare against the devil. And it wasn't the devil. It was the Lord. Trying to kill my flesh. The devil will put you in the furnace of affliction, but the Lord will use it to refine you. It's not the Lord that puts you there. The enemy will do it, and you can't fight your way out of it. The more you fight, the harder it is. The more you struggle, the worse it is for you. You've got to rest in God. You've got to relax in him, knowing that he won't let it get too hot. Hallelujah. He will not let the fire burn you. Amen. He will bring you out before you are destroyed. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy you. But the Lord is just trying to refine you. He's trying to make you into that person that can walk in the prophetic word that was spoken over your life. Amen. Five days later, five days after I received that prophetic word. Somebody say five days. Five. Didn't take long. Five days later, I ended up in the furnace of affliction. I went through a year of hell, absolute hell. My body collapsed. I've told some of you this story. 
I still did my morning prayer calls, but after the call, I'd have to go lay down for two hours just to find enough strength to get up. I still traveled, but it would take everything in me to get there, and afterwards I couldn't move for three days. I was still doing my book deadlines, but it was foggy. It was hard. I felt like I was dying after six months. I didn't know if I would really ever recover. I thought, this is just my new normal. This is how it's going to be, because I knew how to fight. I knew how to war. I knew how to push back darkness. I knew how to bind the enemy. I knew how to loose the angels. I knew how to break oppression. I knew how to do all those things, and I did them, and nothing was working. It was so intense that at times I just was well, maybe if I just quit ministry, it'll stop. See, when we're suffering, when we're in pain, when we're agonizing, we look for things that we can stop doing that will eliminate the pain. When people get cancer, they stop eating sugar. They start eating greens. They change things. You look for something to change to fix the problem. But no matter what I did, nothing worked. I even developed a stutter during that time. Can you imagine a preacher with a stutter? It was so frustrating. It was humiliating. And God allowed it. It was so frustrating. I couldn't preach without, I just couldn't get the word out. And thank God when I preached, it wasn't as bad as when I was behind the scenes. When I was behind the scenes, it was really bad. God gave me enough grace to where I had to muddle through. But it was bad. And the Lord began to show me what that fork in the road was. Within six weeks of that prophetic word, the Lord led me to resign as the editor of Charisma Magazine. And that was a six-figure salary. Now, I'd made a lot more in the world, but I gave up my business to do Charisma. Now the Lord was asking me to give up Charisma to do full-time ministry and to leave all the security behind and just trust Him. And it was a furnace of affliction. It was a fiery trial. Somebody say a fiery trial. The enemy is scheming against you right now. He wants to kill your dreams, steal your peace, and destroy your life. It's time to put your foot down. Tap into supernatural strategies, time-tested tactics, and triumphant tools that combat every enemy attack in my book, 101 Tactics, for spiritual warfare. These revelations will open your eyes to demonic devices you may not be discerning and empower you with strategies and tactics to overcome every enemy attack. Wage more effective warfare. Find rest in the middle of the battle. Walk in constant victory. Pick up 101 Tactics for Spiritual Warfare today. What is God saying to you in your dreams? Given the average human sleeps eight hours a night, that's one third of our time on planet Earth, it should come as no surprise that God will, at times, speak to us through spirit-inspired dreams. So then why are most of us clueless as to what they mean? Decoding your dreams will demystify God's dream language. The truth is, God speaks to each of us in ways that are personal to our culture and our life experience. I want to teach you how to decode your dream life, understanding how God speaks to you, how to judge your dreams. 
Decoding Your Dream will provide a solid, safe explanation of the dream world and dream languages that will help you understand what God is really saying to you. Pick up your copy of Decoding Your Dreams wherever books are sold. The furnace of affliction will either birth a personal prayer movement in your life or you'll just be miserable and die trying to fight God. How many of you are in the furnace of affliction right now? A few of you. Wow, a lot of you. Well, praise God. The rest of you just don't want to tell the truth. We all go through it at certain times. We don't stay in it. Thank God we don't stay in it. He brings us out because we can't live in the furnace of affliction. But we do go through seasons of fire. But I want to tell you the breakthrough before I get into the main message. Because some of you are, like, some of you are looking at me like, oh, I don't know. I want to get in that fire. I mean, you say you'd... After, it was January 2018. And the Lord told me, and I forgot about this until I, I went and looked at this. I've only ever shared this one other time. I shared it in Nicholasville. And in January 2018, at the, at the height, this was six months since my whole body just collapsed, crashed. Six months after the Lord said, when you, go to J- when you go to London in June, your life and your ministry will be revolutionized. I didn't even think I was going to make it to June. I didn't know how I was going to get to June. I didn't know how I was going to get to the end of the week, much less June. But I held on to the promise and I waged war with the prophetic word like Paul told his spiritual son Timothy to do. I grabbed hold of it and I fought the good fight of faith and I got to London. And I ministered, and it was tough. It was hard. I pressed through. But on the last day I was there, somebody say the last day. <laughs> on the last day, I woke up with, it, was a, it wasn't just a migraine headache. This was some kind of demon. This was some kind of really wicked principality attack. See, when I get attacked, I don't just get only attacked by garden variety demons. I get attacked by principalities going into these nations, Europa, Britannica. And these Man, I... I it took seven hours. No Advil would help. No coffee would help. No sleep would help. It took seven hours to break this attack. You remember that? We're sitting in the coffee shop and I was literally, literally, listen, I was literally, I wanted to pull my hair out. It hurt so bad. I was, I was nauseous. I was sick. I was in pain. And finally, in an instant, it broke. And we went back upstairs. I had to minister that night. And my host, uh, Betty King, called me. She says, are you feeling any better? And I said, it just broke. She says, well, there's a prophet here, Emma, and she wants to pray for you. Will you come? And I flew down those stairs and I said, you coming or not prophet? Cause I'm going, I'm, I'm not waiting. I don't want to miss this. And she began, she, she said, can I pray for you? I said, yeah. She goes, she began to prophesy. She released a 25 minute prophetic word. Anybody ever received a 25 minute prophetic word? 25 minutes. And she began to use keywords that she didn't know what they meant, but I did. And she began to say that she saw these evil demons just all around me, just cursing me. And she said they had big, sharp teeth. And she said, I wouldn't be surprised if you've been suffering with a lot of physical ailments because these agents have been assigned to just destroy your health. And then she called out the person that was doing it, but she didn't know who it was. It was a keyword. It was a nickname. She had no idea. And when she said that, man, I just began to weep because I was like, wow, there's some assignments you need other people to help you break them. I know how to fight. She knows how to fight. 
She knows how to fight. She knows how to fight, but none, nobody could break it. And she began to do all this, like, acting out the spiritual warfare, and I break it, I bind it, I bend it, I push it, and it broke. And I came home feeling 15 years younger. Amen. And then when I went to Dallas to the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders that next year, people actually came to me at my table and said, you look like you're 15, you look 15 years younger. I'm like, man, I must have looked really bad. <laughs> I must have been looking rough. Amen. <laughs> so, of course, I said, thank you, but I'm reflecting on it. I'm like, man, how bad did I look? Because, you know, but this was all... You know, and then my, and then, and then did. Now we have three houses of prayer in London. And so I don't know if that was all an assignment against that. I don't know all the reasons why I was in that fiery trial for all that time and felt like giving up more times than I want to admit. But when you're in the furnace of affliction, you're going to have all kinds of emotions. And sometimes you get a little nasty. None of you, of course. You're all holy. Sometimes when you're in the fiery trial, the refiner's fire, the dross begins to come to the surface. You get mad at God. You get mad at your neighbor. You get mad at the guy on the road, start eh, eh, trying to honk. Thank God you don't have a gun. You know, it's bad. This all comes up. And then we feel condemned. We feel bad. But here's the thing. When it comes up, own it. I've been in fire sometimes where I said things. I was like, oh, I'm a Christian. Why am I talking like that? Whatever's in you, see, here's the thing, guys. You think when you go through the trial that you're responding to the external pressure. No, 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 no. What's happening is it was already in you. All that anger, it was already in you. God's just bringing it to the surface so he can get it out of you. So you have to own it. You have to stop acting like this trial is making me act this way. No, the trial is so you can stop acting that way. The fire is so you can quit all that mess. So you can stop being addicted to cigarettes. So you can... I'm not talking to nobody in particular. Don't be looking at me like that. Oh, I just stepped on it. Let's talk about the furnace of affliction. Isaiah 48, verse 10. Bashakata. I, the Lord says, see, I have refined you, but not with silver. I have chosen you in the furnace of affliction. Aren't you glad he still chooses us in the furnace of affliction? Some translations say furnace of suffering. See, the people to whom Isaiah was prophesying had just been through a major attack. They were really, really down. They had been through the ringer, through the fire. They were still in it, and God is prophesying to them. God will prophesy to you when you're in the fire. Here, listen. Affliction means a cause of persistent pain or distress. This isn't like an occasional pain. This isn't a little headache. This is a persistent pain. This thing just won't stop. It's like the thorn in Paul's side that he asked the Lord, take it away, and he would not take it away. It's a persistent agony. It means great suffering, anguish, grief, sorrow, heartache, and woe. See, there's suffering for what you do, Listen to this very carefully. Lord, show me, put it to me this way this morning. There's suffering for things that you do. There's suffering for things, think, for things that you do wrong. There's suffering for things that you do right. And then there's suffering to become who God's called you to be. There's suffering for things you've done wrong. There's suffering for things you do, you do right. And there's suffering to become what God has called you to be. Because, you know, my spiritual father, Bishop Boham, and he put up an Instagram the other day, and it said, salvation is free, 
but being formed into the image of Christ will cost you everything. It's costly, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's part of it. God's going to change you whether you like it or not. You might as well get in agreement with it. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. He's going to keep on doing it. He's going to keep on with you. You might as well just yield to it. God allows you to go through the furnace. See, whether y'all say amen or not, it's still true. I heard five of you say amen. The rest of you are going, oh, it's still true. I wish it was, and I wish I could come tell you 10 ways to be happier by Saturday, but it's just not going to work that way. <laughs> it's just not, that's not the gospel. Amen. God allows you to go through the furnace of affliction to purify you. It's a purification process. Daniel 3, and this is a long verse of scripture, but I want you to read it. I want you to look at it. Daniel 3, verse 8. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of these instruments and all kinds of music should fall down and worship the golden image and whoever does not fall down and worship should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and, and they said they've not regarded you they've not obeyed this decree they're not getting in line with it ancient texts foretell a time when God's celestial beings angels will once again have manifested influence over the earth. The sudden increase in angelic visitations reported worldwide suggest we're entering the time, an era foretold in the book of Revelation, when during great awakening, miracles will occur, trumpets will sound, and the everlasting gospel will resound throughout the heavens. Now, more than ever, believers need to understand the role that angels are set to play and discern the difference between the coming holy and unholy encounters. Now, more than ever, you need Angels on Assignment again by Jennifer LeClaire. Hey guys, Jennifer LeClaire here. I'm coming to you with an exciting opportunity to partner with me as I advance the kingdom of God around the world. As many of you know, I am doing a daily prayer call that's reaching millions of people, millions and millions of people a year, but I'm also planting houses of prayers, prayer hubs, apostolic centers, and of course, raising up prophets and prophetic people. But I'm also sowing, sowing, sowing. Jennifer LeClaire Ministries sows back into at least 15 other ministries that are touching the sex trafficking industry. They're touching digging wells in Africa. They're helping uh, drug addicts rehabilitate and so, so much more. I need your partnership. When you partner with Jennifer LeClaire Ministries, whether you're in Europe, Asia, Africa, Australia, here in the US, wherever you are in the world, you are helping to open a door for me to come to your nation. You are helping feed hungry people. You are helping the gospel be preached. You are helping media projects flow forth. You are helping, you are sowing, and you will 
reap a harvest. Listen, you cannot outgive God. I can't do what I do without faithful supporters like you. You know, Billy Graham used to say that the janitor who cleaned the bathrooms would receive the same reward as he did for standing on a platform and preaching the gospel. When you sow into our ministry, you receive a reward. I want to invite you to become an official partner. You'll receive a monthly partner resource, special seating at my events, and so much more. The most important thing is you're being partakers of advancing the kingdom of God, especially if you're a prophetic person, if you're mission-minded, if you're apostolically focused, support. So pray. Amen. God is good and he is doing so much more than any one of us can do alone, but together we can do a lot. We can make an impact. We can have influence on a lost and dying world. It's time. It's time to rise up and go further. I'm asking you become a partner today.